This episode is brought to you by Black in Space, a virtual Black Pride experience powered by Makers Lab. Black Pride is not canceled. Inspired by the beautiful future of Black and Brown queer people, let's come together in space. There are just two more days to come together in space for art, music, film, and joy. And guess what? Tomorrow, Monday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Black in Space is featuring your gay aunties episode 79, where we interviewed poet Jade Foster from Another Black Girl Miracle. So get your tickets, Zoom, and event info from blackinspace.com. That's B-L-K-N, the letter N, space at um, blackinspace.com. <laughs> say at like it was the email address nope that's just the website go there get your tickets join us in space posting like my ex when i was still in the healing process but that's when you do your self-healing so i had to take a time out but i Mm. feel like as grown-ups right especially in our community that is already fractured Mm. we have to learn how to effectively communicate our feelings not just stop talking to somebody not just blocking somebody you know Mm -hmm. effectively communicate our feelings and go through that healing process i mean breakups are hard to this day sometimes i'm like damn why i gotta see this person on my timeline hey everybody it's red summer (laughs) and i am anifa waleda and we are your gay aunties. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Yes. <laughs> we are so excited to be here. For those of you all who are just joining us for the first time, where you been? Okay. This week we are episode 86, right? <laughs> so this is a weekly podcast that we do that is centered around queer adulting. If you want Auntie Hanifa and I to answer any questions that you have about life, love, or any other experiences, go ahead and tap your aunties on the shoulder by sending us an email at yougayaunties at gmail.com, or you can DM us at on Instagram or Twitter at yougayaunties, and then every Sunday, we go live on YouTube. Right now, we're live. <laughs> so please subscribe to the show so that you can be a part and you can send us comments while we're live. How exciting is that? Mm-hmm. Exciting, exciting. We love when you guys are really active in our community. And one of the ways that you are active is you give us reviews on iTunes. And that always helps with our ratings. And so the review, um, this latest review is from King V mm-hmm. underscore. Because <laughs> you know, we do the underscores that when people have our name, put extra E's and shit. All right, King V. <laughs> King V says, great show. Really simple. Great show. I love the aunties. Y'all keep me laughing, and it's all relatable. And that's what we try to do. We try to be relatable. It's like a marketing term, relatable. <laughs> No, we really try to connect uh, uh, with our children out here because that's who we are here for. So, um, and we appreciate when you guys actually let us know if we're actually doing a decent job at it. So, holla at us um, on iTunes and give us a review because that helps our overall ratings on that platform. And if you want to, you know, really, you know, kind of freaky dig with it and get like funky with it and be at your, hear your voice on the show, you can do so by actually recording. An interview. You can go right to um, your gay aunties on iTunes. He's going to our bio link, and you'll see a big old button there called Speak Your Truth. Click that, and with the Safari browser, you can easily just record your review or record something that we might want to feature because we are about featuring our children. All right, so go and do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So another thing that we do is every Wednesday at six o'clock Eastern time, I go on to Twitter. I'm really trying to get better. (laughs) Yes at working with Twitter. And so our fantastic interns are helping me do that by having what we call Auntie Red's tweet tea. So all you do is you use that hashtag Auntie Red's tweet tea, and you can send us a question or some feedback on the show that week. And so this week, someone asked, do you believe love is a noun or Mm. a 
How has your relationship with love changed your understanding of love? That was a good question, right? Word, kind of deep. Yeah. That's almost a letter question. Right? <laughs> Definitely, Auntie, tell me about the universe. <laughs> um, so my answer was, I really thought love was something that happened to me. That I would be taking a walk and love would just find me. <laughs> so I've learned that love is a series of decisions. It's both romantic and ridiculous. It's boring and it's fun. <laughs> it's not always sexy. And that's what makes it sexy. Also, I learned that love is already here in me. When you're not looking to find and possess love, you see it in so many other ways. Yo, your auntie tweets are the bomb. Really. Y'all need to be the other bomb. You know what I mean? Because like really just lays out thing in succinct auntie language that everyone can understand. <laughs> it's like it is real. It's like love is boring and love is love is love is a reflection of life in many ways. And we kind of cornered over that it should be all like flowers and good feelings, but love is a verb. It's the actions you take and the reactions to those actions. <laughs> so I'm excited when we get to do the tweet tea because we get some great questions and the more that is picking up the more exciting and the more fun that it is so make sure that you all join us every Wednesday at 6 o'clock to talk about the latest Shigay aunties episode or ask me anything that you want just make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Yagay aunties and use the hashtag Auntie Red Tweet Tea to get my attention. Boom. Boom. So, girl, checking in. How are you doing in this week of Rona? <laughs> um, wonderful right now. I just got to celebrate Id. <laughs> um, after doing my first successful Ramadan for a very, very, very long time. Yes, <laughs> you did. So, I mean, do you, um, all right, so you say you haven't done Ramadan in a while. I mean, I haven't done Ramadan since, honestly, I was maybe a young adult, like in my 20s. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a long time. I am not a Ramadan chick. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so mostly I'll do like I'll, I'll give myself an out. I'll say, okay, so for Ramadan this year, I'm going to fast from negative self-talk. Or for Ramadan this year, I'm going to um, focus on completing a project that I've been procrastinating on or something like that. But I realized that it was because I felt like I couldn't successfully fast. And so this year, I did not give myself an out. I didn't give myself an alternative. My children and I did it together. Um, because they really wanted to participate this year. And so it was great. Every evening, my wife was just waiting patiently for sundown. <laughs> it's the worst when it's like near summer or in summer, and then like yeah. you have to wait till like 9, 10 o'clock at night to eat. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I, have, so. I didn't quite do Ramadan, but I, I did, I'm doing it in the, in the middle of a detox, like a mung bean detox, because I am feeling that my body needed to do not, not so much a hardcore fast, but in, in in the spirit of Ramadan, more of like a detox, a serious detox. Yeah. Wonderful. And you feeling good? It's, it's going well? I'm feeling, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. Like, I'm telling you, after a couple of days of mung bean, it like really helps with all the inflammation in your body. And so things that would bother me, I was getting worried. But like, what the hell? Am I getting arthritis early? Like, what the hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's like just going um, away. Um, so I really, you know, and, and it's cool that, you know, I, I just kind of decided to do it in conjunction with Ramadan. I'm not going to do it for a full month, but it's kind of like a, a hint towards my prior life of doing Ramadan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but other than that, I've had a really uh, great week. I was a part, okay? I was a part of this um, global cipher of women, okay? Oh, I saw you post that. Yes, 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 yes. A good friend of mine and an amazing MC, Tony um, Blackman, who has been like free, she's like one of the best freestylers I know. She, I mean, she is dope. And she started something back in the days called Freestyle Fellowship. Back in the days as in the 90s, right? I remember I mean, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> she had incredible MCs under her, uh, her wing. And the 
community that she created really cultivated, I think, a more womanist approach to hip hop. And I think it was also mm -hmm. way before its time, though it was yeah. really popular. And I remember having a conversation with her that one of the reasons why it kind of fell off is honestly, the influx of testosterone and ego. And after a while, one woman, she trying to handle this. So how she flipped it is now it, uh, she mostly works with women in her cipher. So um, she was uh, planning to do a cipher actually down here in Atlanta and then Rona hit, right? So mm -hmm. the organization that she was uh, doing it with called Flux Projects here in Atlanta, they said, you know what? Let's try this Zoom thing. So she invited me to do that, and it was called Shout, a Global Woman's Cypher with Tony Blackman. And there were women from all around the world. We're talking about um, Kenya, uh, Senegal. Wow. Sister was chiming at 4 o'clock in the morning from Australia, um, oh. L.A., down in Atlanta, New York. Like So it was about maybe eight or nine of us, give or take. And it was such a beautiful experience of kind of doing this round robin of sorts and us really giving as much as we can to the screen in all that MC poet slash vocalist fashion, black yeah. women fashion. And <laughs> so I really appreciated that. It was my first kind of Zoom performance. So it was totally, totally cool. And you can actually still check it out. It's, um, if you go to, it was a Facebook live event. So you guys can like go to, um, to Facebook and look up Flux Projects. I believe it's under them or Tony, okay. or Tony, or Tony Blackman. Um, and I'm sure they have like the, the replay there. It was fun though. I will definitely check that out. I'm excited. I just saw your screenshot of the, Yeah. Yes, they call me like mid mid flow, like ah <laughs> that was like four towards the front. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really, really cool. So I just want to give a shout out uh, to Tony for being such a wonderful facilitator of women's voices um, within hip hop. Boom. Wonderful. Yes, yes, yes. Well, what? it is that time in the show. Mm-hmm. Dig into our bag of gems. What in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? What in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? Although, um, I wanted to share a quick clip of a couple, Gail and Audrey. And when you see the clip, then you'll, like, get, you know, that I'll talk about, like, why this is so important to me. But I noticed you like wife. Wife. I love wife. You like wife. Wife. Wife, wife? I like wife as well, but I often say, this is my life partner. We no, got no, no, married 11, 11, 11. I come right and I say, oh, did you meet my wife? I want you to meet my wife. That's the first, I want to introduce you to my wife. Hi, Gail Marquis, campus of Queens College, and I'm being inducted into the inaugural class, the first class of the Queens College Athletic Hall of Fame. In the middle of going to college, I went there to play basketball, and I was lucky enough to play for our U.S. Olympic team. It was the first time they ever had women's basketball at the games. I also came home with a silver medal, which I did not plan. I grew up in Queens, St. Albans, Queens, New York. There were five of us growing up, and I was a middle child. I always like to say confused. We were five in the family, as I told you, I had two older brothers. I was born in Harlem, so I'm a, I'm a native Harlem person. I like to tell everybody that I was born, bred, toasted, buttered, jelly, jammed, and honeyed in Harlem. I was a model, and I modeled from 15 until I was about 26. I was a fashion commentator for Ebony Magazine, a fashion editor for Vogue Magazine. And now I live on 55th Street, just off Fifth Avenue, and Donald Trump moved in my neighborhood. I work out of my home suite office. It's my small business called The Ground Crew, and we do fashion shows, fashion shoots, and fashion videos. And I've been in business for 35 years, dressing those models and getting them out there, ready to rock and roll down that runway. I was a pro ball player in America, in the south of France, later on commentating also for the WNBA. Then I decided, let me go to Wall Street, because it was very competitive. Between Merrill Lynch, J.P. Morgan Chase, personal banker, decided I liked it, this is where I'm going to stay. We keep two residences between New York and New Jersey, so it's nice to have two places to go. And I love coming here. When I get here, I'm a whole nother person. We met officially on February 7th, 1999. We didn't start dating. Our first date was May 1st, 1999. Oh, I'm foremost in her mind. I'm first. She says, I'm first. Can you imagine? 
Well, aren't I first in your mind? Yes. We got married after 12 years. 12 and a time, half years. When the time came Because November's 11, May is five, seven years, 12 and a half years. The day was perfect. When you finally got out of the car and you came across Central Park West, <gasps> oh my God, she's so gorgeous in that yellow jacket. Thank oh my you. God, you look I fabulous. A yellow here to cover my neck. We had a good time. You had this beautiful scarf. I remember the scarf. Mm -hmm. I just said foulard. That's right. That's French for Ooh, scarf. Oh, I know. Yellow and I know. French for scarf. We have come together here in this holy place to witness and bless the joining of Audrey and Gail. May you know for each other that you are an awesome surprise in the world. Already. No, we're not boring, Gail. That's the one thing we are not. What does our life look like for the next 20 years? Well, I'm going to work with the ground crew as long as I can work. I want to paint, and we're going to travel. Beyond that, we're going to look for good health. We yeah, we want to continue together. with our good health. We help each other. We boost each other. You know, it's leaning on each other. We're committed wife and wife. We're committed life partners. We're committed to each other. Right? You said it. I can't say it any better okay, than that. Good. Okay, so I am totally enamored with Audrey and Gail. Like, I love them so much. And I wanted to oh, show this gosh. video <laughs> because um, gay marriage kind of came up for me just as a conversation when I was working with uh, MBJC and the work that Sharon Letman Hicks was doing in 2012. And so that's the first time that I um, yeah, yeah. got in contact with couples like Gail and Audrey. And so I was working with Sharon on a video that she was doing on the three gay couples in DC. They were the first ones that were able to get married. So when Red and I were planning our wedding, we knew that we could come to DC, like come into the city and we could get married and we could have a legal marriage. However, when we went home in the evening to Virginia, mm. we wouldn't be married anymore. Mm. <laughs> mm, how surreal is that? Right. <laughs> and so um, we were in the process of planning our wedding when I saw the video of Gail and Audrey. And of course I'm watching because I'm like, oh, I remember them. I love them, blah, blah, blah. And we get a text um, from somebody who's like, get to the White House right now. Get there right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Let's go. We go to the White House. And it is lit up in all of the rainbow colors. Right? This is during the Obama administration. This is during the Obama administration. <laughs> President Obama had just um, legalized or had just passed the Marriage Equality Act. And so we were just kind of like, okay, uh, what do we do? And I was like, well, let's go to the park. Like, <laughs> we'll just go to the park like Gail and Audrey. And even though we had our big wedding planned, we just, we invited our mothers, we invited the children, mm. and we just went to the park like they did, like inspired mm. by their story. Oh, and we were those pictures to have, too. Yeah, we were able to have our like legal wedding in our state where we lived um, <laughs> and get our real like marriage certificate. And then we had, we, you know, we still had the big wedding in DC later. But this was like one of our inspirations and one of our like, wow, like we really can do, can do this and we don't have to like be married at work in the morning mm. and not married when we go home in the evening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you see how crazy that sounds, straight folks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So I wanted to share them with you all. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Oh, I, it was, it's been out for a couple of, for a little bit and I, I remember someone had posted it on Facebook a minute back, and I was like, this, like, I was I was crying every part of it, crying, laughing, yeah. crying, crying. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, 
relationship goals. This is what everyone, everyone queer, straight, whatever, this is what you want. This is what it looks like at the end of the journey. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. They had been together for so many years and marriage wasn't an option until, you know, a certain point. I think that's one of the things that young people now don't have access to mm. is that like oh if we want to get married we just go get married like we can do, go to vegas and do a quickie wedding like we can just mm-hmm. <laughs> you know whatever but there were like when my wife and i got together like we weren't even really discussing a real legal marriage like we mm. were just gonna have a, a symbolic Yo, what you doing? Ooh, ooh, you got your dress machine for your symbolic ceremony, girl. Ooh, ooh, who's the best, you know, who's the best girl? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you for, for reminding me of that that kind of love exists in the world and that we all have access to it. You know what I mean? You know? But it always starts with ourselves, which gets to my bag of gems. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, um, my, my, my gem for this week is a continuation from last week, self-compassion. There is so much into self-compassion, so, you know, I'm just picking a couple of things that you guys can kind of take and move with, all right? So are we ready? Are we ready? Yes, yes, yes. All right, children, welcome again, children, to Auntie Hanifa's Wait a goddamn meditative moment. I want to continue my meditation from last week about self-compassion practices and focus on our feelings. Now, some of you may be feeling an internal eye roll when I say your feelings. We all have a relationship with our feelings. We either ignore them or over-manage them to the point of numbness, or the other extreme, to overreact and act out with our feelings. But neither actually sits with it. We spend more time sitting on the job than sitting with our feelings. So, let's see what can happen if we do. Now, according to Dr. Yvette Erasmus, P-S-Y-D, our YouTube guru on self-compassion practices, okay? Feelings is just neutral information archived within our lives over time. Information that we refer to to inform how we will react to, well, life. Now, last week, we talked about just one self-compassion practice to use when in conflict with others to step back and experience that conflict like you're, you know, watching a Netflix movie and and just shaking your head at the screen at a really bad Tyler Perry movie or just any Tyler Perry movie. (laughs) Glue on my couch again, on my couch pillow, on my good couch pillows, huh? Pranks the bitch. (laughs) Step two, truly sit with Felicia and see her for the fragile bully crackhead she is. Felicia is like that skinny-legged school bully who had good word game. Our inner thoughts. That regularly made you feel like crap. But if it came down to it, and you cornered that bitch in an alley alone, you could just stop a a mud hole in her twink ass or just sit on her. She ain't shit. When she herself is alone and not surrounded by those sinker fan entourage of thoughts, <laughs> you may find when you truly sit with or on her for just a few minutes and feel what she's made of, she will limp her skinny-legged self back home to your childhood and stay there at least until she thinks she want to venture out again. And she will. But what does that matter if Felicia ain't got and gained no weight <laughs> since last time? Because you ain't feed her with your depressive episodes. Now, you may say, Auntie Hanifa, but isn't stopping a mud hole in anything 
even a figment of my imagination, isn't that, well, non-namaste-ish? Well, bullies need love too. Yes, children, they do. So perhaps another approach is to be compassionate to your Felicia and feel her fragility. Feel your own empathy for that fragility. Rock Felicia, not against the head, but literally rock her inside your own sense of growing empowerment. This slowly heals the home in which Felicia lives. Now, sure, if that was too metaphoric enough, now let's end this week of Auntie Hanifa's wait a goddamn meditative moment with the queen of metaphor and one of our newest literary ancestors, Toni Morrison. There is a loneliness that can be rocked. There is a loneliness that can be rocked. There is a loneliness that can be rocked. Arms crossed, knees drawn up, holding, holding on this motion, unlike a ship's, smooths and contains the rocker. It's an inside kind, wrapped tight like skin. Toni Morrison from Beloved. Thank you, Samia. Thank you, Miss Morrison. And yes, thank you, Felicia, for showing up to allow me the opportunity to sit with you and love on myself. So, namaste, children. All the Felicias and Tyrones in your life. Well, thank you. All right, so I just want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Samia Bashir. You know, she does a regular thing um, on Facebook um, every day. She calls it hashtag quarantine story time. Yeah, I know, right? So she, <laughs> so she, um, she's reading right now. She's like into like she's reading Toni Morrison now. So I happened to catch it. I was like, oh my god, that loneliness passage. Please give me that. Go yeah. in the closet, go back in the closet for me, girl, and record that <laughs> little passage. <laughs> mm-hmm. so we had a, a a comment on the live. Wadi Grant says, uh, "Best mindfulness meditation ever." I am trying not to laugh. <laughs> Well, you know, I want to give it to you how I like to hear it. I'm kind of like, give it to me, give me the straight no chase. I understand we want to be, you know, like some incense, like, nah, bitch, this is what you need to do. Love yourself. <laughs> yes, it's indeed. Felicia. Like from Friday, that's Felicia. That, yep, that's Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I think I'm even going to give it to you like how Tanifa likes to hear, you know, good words herself. Absolutely. And if there's anything that you want me to meditate on for you, that you need that meditation, just holler on, you know, tag me on Instagram, whatever, DM me, and I'll be happy to write one for you because I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Wonderful. <Honest>. Well, <laughs> after that, we definitely need a break. <laughs> so going into the break, we want to plug our Patreon as we usually do because is what keeps us afloat. And with that, we want to give a big shout out to Nina, Nina, Nina. (laughs) Nina, thank you. Nina gave us a one-time donation of $100. She gave us a solid $100. That is love. And I want to also add that Nina, she uh, uh, prefaced the donation by saying, I'm, I'm donating to you because you guys are really giving to me. Um, and and she, she's a white woman. I'm not sure if she's queer or not, but she felt like, you know, I'm able to live vicariously, not live vicariously, but kind of watch from the wings and learn so much, even though, I, you know, she kind of tiptoes like, this is not my, really my community, and, you know, I want to be respectful. Well, we love how you respect the bitch, Nina. Thank you! Aunties, you pay some bills, honey. Thank you very much. Now, let's try and pay some bills for all the other independent queer podcasts out there. So, as you guys know, what we've been doing all this month and we'll continue to do through Rona, we have a new campaign here on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash gay aunties. It's called Lights On. 
lights on what is lights on Auntie Hanifa, lights on is this. We're trying to keep the lights on, not just for us, but for our fellow queer independent podcast. So we've been asking you guys to suggest um, uh, your favorite uh, podcast, and then we put them on a wheel, we spin that wheel, we pick somebody, and then everybody spits the money at the end of the month. And with Woo! that being said, we need y'all to donate some money to lights on so we got some money to split. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we're going to keep it going until Rona's over. Um, yeah. So with that being said, we also, with this, uh, uh, with this, uh, with Lights On, we like to spread some light or shed some light um, on a podcast you may not be familiar with that's in our queer family. So today's light is uh, a podcast um, that was suggested. Um, the name of it is Random Thoughts of Rain, hosted by Taryn Love Rains Warwood. So let's hear just a little clip of her intro so you get an idea what her podcast is about. My name is Taryn Love Rains Warwood. I'm a writer, poet, author, and curator of dope shit. Random Thoughts of Rain is my head music. It is the audacity of tough dialogue inspired by a YouTube video that I happened upon one day between James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni. These were conversations that were introspective, thought-provoking, and heartwarming in that they truly touched my soul. It touched my heart to watch the volley of their brilliance and passion, the openness and vulnerability of my generation versus your generation proclamations pave the way to one thought. I have been blessed to meet many brilliant souls in my lifetime, and I want to talk to them about everything. These are Random Thoughts of Rain. So that is Random uh, Thoughts of Rain, and, you know, uh, she has great interviews um, on there, and it really is that, like, Random Thoughts, like, you know, she's like, this was, this was on my mind, but she is really, really brilliant and articulate, and um, just check her out. Okay, so that's Random Thoughts and get Taryn from Random Thoughts of Rain, we are putting you on the wheel, and shall we spin the wheel? Let's spin the Megan wheel. Let's spin the wheel. <laughs> Let's see who's going to win it. All right, boy meets wellness. Say, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, we highlighted boy uh, meets wellness um, a couple of weeks ago, I think. You know, so so far we got boy meets wellness, we got Marshall's play, we got uh, queer white pod, and we have trauma queen. Queen is a part of the May pool for lights on and again lights on is a great way for you guys to support um independent queer podcasts so any monies that is collected within a month's time would be split by those podcasts selected on i will and if again if you want your podcast to hopefully uh get on the wheel your favorite podcast just uh check us out over on um ig and let us know under that post asking you what what is your favorite independent queer podcast folks all right <laughs> so other than that, just go over to patreon.com slash your gay aunties and either support your gay aunties with Auntie Love or Lights On. Yes. And I wanted to um, just kind of thank you for all of our guests who've been with us this month. We have had an amazing relationship month. Oh my God, it was incredible this month just focusing on love and even the complications that love brings. But we're going to take it even further in June because, oh boy, oh boy, that's right. Oh boy, B O I. Oh boy, June on your gay aunties. We are going to be nominating and voting on those sexy studs in your life. We're going to be focusing on the masculine when it is in the untraditional masculine form and how beautiful that can be. So tag that uh, beautiful stud in your life and you know what, do one even better. Give that person a boost and tell everybody why you feel this person is sexy outside and in, all right? So go to your gay aunties, 
um, on Instagram. Um, there should be something up there, and we and then just start, you know, tagging y'all, tagging y'all. I want to see all you beautiful, beautiful masculine people. Yeah, can I just can I just um uh, bounce off of that? And when we say like your favorite sexy stud, I think one of the things we want to highlight here is that. Um, one reason why masculine women many times are not showcased or highlighted is because we're not perceived as sexy, right? Mm. Except for people who are attracted to us, right? So, but let's not only just highlight sexy studs, you know, like myself. <clears throat> let's also start to highlight and taste the straights what sexy is and how broad the idea of sexy can be. So when you tag and hashtag oh boy and tell us about the sexy person in your life, the sexy boy in your life, tell us why you feel that sexy. So we can not only highlight them, you know, aesthetically, we can highlight them they're real sexy, that below the skin sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So I wanted to introduce Onyx Keisha to help us to answer this letter because I know that she can help us with this. So welcome, Onyx. Hey, how you doing, Onyx? Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited <laughs> to have you here. Um... Just as sisters, when I saw this letter, I was like, oh, I need, <laughs> I need on it. So I'm going to read the letter to you, and mm -hmm. you'll definitely see why I was like, okay, let me get the, the, the experts <laughs> on this. Okay, so can we break this up? Honey. Oh, sure, sure. Um, I'll, I'll take it from, there's, there's case one and case two, y'all. So, <laughs> so All right. um, you read through case one, and then I'll take it from, from that. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, this letter is from Tang. First, thank you for continuing your show during quarantine. I have so much respect for the artists who have continued to provide content, especially queer and Black-centered content to the community. Uh, you don't have to. It would be perfectly acceptable to just binge and chill and manage anxiety. But you keep giving the gift to your podcast, YouTube show, and oh. sense of normalcy matters so much now. Mm -hmm. I'm writing because I'm interested in being a part of or building lesbian, queer, uh, women community. However, I keep running into an issue. A lesbian couple breaks up and the community splits. Here are two examples, but might not be needed to answer the question. Case one. Years ago, my best friend of 20 years, Layla, ended up dating one of the people in a couple, Sheila and Kim. I have been friends with for years. We all would hang out along with other lesbians in the community. Within months of Layla joining the friend group, I, I introduced her to Layla and Sheila and Sheila and Kim eventually broke up due to the affair, but remained good friends. Now Layla doesn't want me to hang out with Kim. She doesn't want Sheila to either, but that's another letter for it. another story. <laughs> Even though I have been close friends with Kim long before Layla and Sheila became involved. Now I have been in hot water with Layla for years because I refuse to stop being friends with Kim. Layla refused to come to anything Kim attends, birthdays, parties, Brunches, graduations, my productions, and it's upset and blocked me if I post anything about Kim. I don't talk to Kim about Layla or Layla about Kim. Mm. But Layla says I'm not a real friend because I'm close with her enemy. Oh, Our friend group of about 10 women no longer all get together. I miss the community so much and I mourn it daily because it's been eight years since I've had my three closest friends in the same room. I constantly have to prioritize who should be at those milestone events and celebrations in my life. Sometimes I don't even want to celebrate because I have to coordinate everyone's drama. Okay. Case number two. A few years ago, I stayed trying to gain new friends who weren't involved in the drama. I befriended the co-worker, Bianca, and her girlfriend, Rosie. Rosie and I had a lot in common, so all three of us hanging together was great. Rosie and I started building our own friendship, nothing romantic. We are in the same creative field and both women of color. 
Last year, Rosie and Bianca broke up. Okay. <laughs> At first, Bianca encouraged me to be friends with Rosie. Rosie still wanted to be friends. And so we have hang out a few times and collaborated on a, uh, um, a I'm sorry, collaborated on a show briefly. Never talk about the breakup. I would spend time with Bianca nearly every couple of weeks and was really her listening ear. This year, I invited them to separate birthday events and let Bianca know she wouldn't have to see Rosie. God damn, how old are you? Yeah, you said, okay. Bianca acted, I'm just saying, come on, y'all. Bianca acted like it was fine. But at my birthday dinner, when she found out Rosie had gone to my game night the week before, ooh, honey, it was POC only and Bianca is white. Oh, sorry. It was, it was, it was a POC only and Bianca was white. Bianca, she got mad. See, now Bianca now. Bianca now. <laughs> now, you know the rules, Bianca. <laughs> I'm so irritated. Me too, Tang. My question, <laughs> when a couple splits, unless I think one person did something egregious and unforgivable, I try to give each person that the benefit of the doubt that they will learn and grow from whatever caused their relationship to falter. I believe that in most cases, both people in a relationship hold some, maybe not equal, but some responsibility in the breakup. I don't think I have to stop being friends with someone just to be a good friend to someone else. I hold myself to the same standard. I stay cordial and sometimes friends with my exes. I, this person isn't me. I tell people this up front. I won't even date a woman who isn't willing to be as this is my kid. We got to talk, girl. I want to date a woman who isn't willing to at least be cordial with her exes, excluding a beast, because I see it was a red flag. If you can't even be around your ex, girl, this is a question you, you preach it, because I feel you. If you can't even be around your ex, have you done your work as an adult to be introspective, grow, and heal? That's the question, girl. That's a rhetorical question, but I got you. I think we have so little, so little community that to try and erase a former lover hurts anyone. And I think there is something important about resolving, healing, and growing in the community that can bring closure uh, to a breakup and ensure we have a lesbian, queer, great, wonderful community. What do y'all think? Can I be ride or die for my friends without metaphorically killing my exes? <laughs> and what do you do when two friends split and ask you to choose a side? Honest, <laughs> help us. <laughs> Man, there was a lot in that letter. And let me tell you, a lot I can relate to. <laughs> I went through a very public relationship, marriage, and breakup. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like the center of all of my work. So it truly felt like it was a, a breakup in the communities that we were a part of. Mm -hmm. And like, being honest, sometimes it was hard to see, like, my friend also posting, like, my ex when I was still in the healing process. But that's when you do your self-healing. So I had to take a time out. But I mm. feel like as grown-ups, right, especially in our community that is already fractured, mm. we have to learn how to effectively communicate our feelings, not just stop talking to somebody, not just blocking somebody, you mm -hmm. know, effectively communicate our feelings and go through that healing process. I mean, breakups are hard. To this day, sometimes I'm like, damn, why I got to see this person on my timeline all the time, you know? <laughs> and it, it doesn't mean love isn't there, but you're still going through your healing process. But we have to talk. We have to talk and express and, and, and let people know where we are in our journey, especially if we're friends, especially if we're close. Mm. I have so much to say as well, Honest, and I mean, I hear you because I also went through a very public kind of um, everybody owned our relationship type of thing, community, and I actually had a friend who I really hadn't talked to, not not necessarily because like we didn't have any riff, but um, we recently talked via Rona and she kind of called it, okay, you know, it was like a friendship custody battle. You know what I mean? And she kind of she kind of moved over to my ex's side. You know what I mean? No, 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 you know, it's all love and everything. We said, but it was a friendship custody battle. People just quietly kind of choose what they're going to do, especially if it ends in a kind of public and ugly way. You know what I mean? But that aside, I echo 
everything Onyx is saying. Straight up, at first, when I was reading it, I was like, how old are these motherfuckers? Then I was like, oh, 20-year relationship, so you are definitely at least in your 40s. So you, your friends should know better. This is a lesson they should have learned a long time ago. Shame, shame, shame. Like, I understand that, you know, relationships are really, you know, they break your heart, and you get really all in your feelings, and you, you want people to keep affirming you, your friends, and sometimes affirmation looks in the way of, just as long as you don't talk to that bitch, you're affirming me. Well, mm -hmm. them talking to your friend has nothing to do with you, one. And if you really want to call on your friends, then when you are present with them, that you call them just to be friends for you. Now, if they want to hang out with your homegirl, because guess what happens when you're together with someone? Your friends or your girlfriend, in many cases, become your friend's friends, and in some cases, better friends. A better friend than mm. maybe you might have been. You know what yeah. I mean? People connect in different ways. And just like in the letter, she said, well, me and this girl, um, I forgot her name, but they connected because they were both women of color that uh, did the arts and they were in the same industry or whatever. That's real deep connections. And if you were out of the picture, you know, the disgruntled one, if you was out of the picture, you know, all you were, in other words, was a bridge for them to actually meet and become friends. And now you're out of the picture. Because the thing is, it's not about you. It's about looking at this from an aerial view. We all meet people under different circumstances and they want to become good friends or we don't pay no mind to them, right? And sometimes you meet these people through your girl. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, I would have never met you. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Why can't you just honor that and keep it moving? Why create these stories in your head like they talking about you on the side maybe or your friends ain't giving you, you know, enough energy and since, you know, or you have decided they're not giving you enough energy and, or they're mm -hmm. giving you ex, you know, it's like, you got to take your ego out of it. You got to grow up just a little bit or a lot, you know, and like I was kind of hinting to on the other side of that, on the other side of that is a little bit of peace and you can't be cordial, you know, or at least not, you know, raise the roof when you're in the same room with your ex. You know what I mean? But don't have your friends hopping and skipping, trying to plan two fucking birthday parties and shit. And, you know, like, that's a lot. Yeah, that's the part <laughs> that, that kind of got to me. Like, how do you, somebody else needs to change their whole life because I decided that I cannot emotionally manage being in the same room like, even across the room, ain't nobody even talking to me, thinking about me. So you got to have two different birthday parties to accommodate my sensitivity. Like, that's too much. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's way nice. too much. That's way too much. That's what, that, that's, that's actually, that's, that's almost caused to break up a friendship. Like, really, son? You're going to go through all this. You're making us go through all this. All you need to do really just sit with yourself, see a therapist, and get over her. Right. Now, and, and get over her. You know, and taking two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years is a long fucking time to get over someone. That's about you. That ain't about me. And that ain't about her or him. That is about you, honey child. It's always about right. us. It's always about us. It's right. And so I would, yeah, with that, I would totally say do not continue to engage. Mm. Like, have the events that you are having you know, when events are being had again, right? right. <laughs> um, do, do the things that you are doing and whoever comes and supports is who is meant to be there. Like, you Absolutely. don't have to keep on trying to figure out how to, to jump rope and hop skip around everybody's feelings. Like, there are plenty of times, and I know Onyx and I, we were in the same circles for many, many years. If you show up, you just act cool like right right exactly <laughs> messing up the energy and looking all stank from the other side like chill fool <laughs> and, and that's what that's how you got to know yourself like I wouldn't even put myself in a situation that I wasn't ready for so I just declined the invitation with love you know as opposed to making my friends choose or as opposed to showing up with negative energy like if you're just not ready just be not ready but that's your journey that's your that's your work and that's okay but you know you can't make it everybody else's responsibility and work right right <laughs> definitely and, and and it's like the the um and I think that attitude is appreciated by friends. I understand your friends are going through similar anxieties. Like, okay, 
the friendship pool is being compromised. Um, and there's anxiety around that, like, okay, am I going to offend my friend? Da, 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 da. And most people who have reached a certain level of maturity will take the attitude that, okay, I will not talk ill of you with her, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to talk ill of her with you, period. That is my is always my boundaries when friends yep. get together and break up. And a good friend will keep those boundaries firm in this yes. situation because you will find yourself caught up in some shit. <laughs> that you don't want to get caught up in, and all of a sudden everyone's shooting the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But also, I want to say, at least publicly, that Onyx is one of my inspirations for fabulous transitions and maintaining the family and the community. <laughs> like, <laughs> Onyx is so grateful, like, in making sure that, like, you know, if she's moved on to a new relationship, that everybody feels like they're part of the family. Everybody, mm. like, she really for me. Like, I talk about, oh, no, I have great breakups. Like, Onyx was one of my inspirations for that. Like, she is 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 such a, a genuine spirit, and she handles um, her relationships and transitions in a way that everybody feels like they are still even if their romantic relationship is separate, that they're still a valued person, right? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't just yeah. die because they broke up with Onyx, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And so that's <laughs> one of the things that I appreciate about you, sis. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Definitely. And one little thing, and then we'll, we'll transition, because I want to hear what Onyx is doing in the world, um, is the other, the other kind of people in this game are or rather what also is revealed under these situations, sometimes you get to see who actually is your friend and not so much whether they talk to your ex or not, but how they perceive that breakup. And a lot of times there are people who will look at a public breakup and they will start saying, well, they broke up because of her. Mm. They start picking apart your relationship, talking about shit they do not know shit about. And start almost um, infecting the community with their opinions on why a relationship broke up. So, with with the addition of having firm boundaries with your friends in regards to speaking about each other, you need to have a firm boundary with yourself and shut the fuck up about other people's shit that you know nothing, even if you know a lot about. Do not keep it going in the community. Let them heal in their own worlds. There's enough, you know, especially in our communities, because almost everybody has a public breakup in the lesbian community. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the other boundary yeah. with yourself. Stay out your business, be supportive to your friends, but don't be talking about your friends to other people, about nothing. It ain't none of their business. That's when you defend your friends. I've done that. Listen, don't be talking to me about my homegirl. Don't worry about that. She got that. You ain't in a relationship. <laughs> you need to shut the fuck up. You know, and I don't, I don't, I don't like to come at people, but I get really defensive when someone's trying to come at my friend or or judge a friend and like what do you know what do you know right all right i just want mm-hmm. to put that out but mm-hmm. um but onyx please tell us what is going on in the world of onyx <laughs> <What do> people know <laughs> well i am a full-time uh producer and director and uh coronavirus has put a halt on many projects, Um, but it has been a blessing because it's allowed me to move on to a digital platform where now I'm teaching. And so my big thing right now is teaching people how to tell their stories, Mm. teaching people how to utilize YouTube to increase their impact, their influence, and their income, Um, and just really continuing doing the arts during this time because the arts heal. And so I've moved on to that platform. Um, so I'm, I'm doing a bunch of uh, classes on filmmaking, on goal setting, on storytelling, yes. on YouTube analytics. Um, last week we focused on podcasts. So um, I've built a community called Create Nation and it's really for creatives um, to come together so we can kill the notion of the starving artist. Like, let's dead that. Yes, 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 all while kicking cancer's ass. Yes, oh, what are you? Yes, I um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer last year, and I 
um, had surgery and 20 weeks of chemo and nine weeks mm. of radiation. And um, I'm so excited that my hair is growing back okay. because the coif is looking good. Because <laughs> it all fell out. And I used to have like this amazing fro. Mm. Um, but I, I beat cancer and uh, I realized how much mindset matters, mm. how much staying in gratitude matters. And another thing that I really learned during my whole journey is how so many people of color are dying from breast cancer. We die 40% more than white women from breast cancer. And so I've really been on this mission, I call it Pink Lemonade, to mm. teach people how to, people of color, how to advocate. I like that, Pink Lemonade. Yeah. Or not to Beyonce, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love Beyonce. But um, <laughs> one of the things that I noticed is especially in our community, doctors don't really know how to even have that conversation when women have body dysphoria. They yeah. don't understand the nurturing that needs to happen when someone tells you you need to have a mammogram and you're not even comfortable with your body yet. Yeah. And so we're dying. And I want to be a part of stopping that. So it was a rough journey, uh, but I made it. And um, the arts helped me. Uh, my mindset helped me. And my community, you know, my, my community really helped me to push through. And so I want to be a part of helping other people to push through. We need to talk about it. Oh my God, where can people find out? Like, where can they find you online? Just, just say it so they know. <laughs> so I'm everything Onyx Keisha, O-N-Y-X-K-E-E-S-H-A. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Um, my website is onyxkeisha.com. Um, and I'm very accessible. Like, inbox me, DM me. Um, whether you want to talk about a movie or you want to talk about your health, like, I am there. Let's talk about it. Let's connect. Well, I definitely want to connect with you after the show. So stay on after the show because I got told you said some shit that I just want to connect with you with. She is wonderful. I'm so glad. Thank you, Red, for introducing oh. everyone. Let's talk everyone um, to Anna. Is she's local. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I peeped that Atlanta. So we got to connect. Well, you know, when, at the point we really can connect. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And thank you so much, Red, as well. Like, Red, you are, like, my sister, and I miss you. And we've been on this journey for, like, years. years. So I'm so proud of you. Thank <laughs> well, you. Okay. I love well, you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, um, Onyx, for being um, on the show. Onyx Keisha. Um, just bring, just helping us with this letter, which we, we all know. Like, come on, dog. Oh. oh my god oh my god my people anyway but um thank you and um just gonna wrap up now and remember guys your memorial day weekend is not at a loss at least if you're queer or a queer ally before we go I just wanted to remind you, this episode is brought to you by Black in Space, a virtual Black Pride experience powered by Makers Lab. Black Pride is not canceled. Inspired by the beautiful future of Black and Brown queer people, let's come together in space. Starting, well, they started this Thursday, but it's still going on all this weekend and it's ending on Monday, a Memorial Day. All right, now Black in Space is exceeding its flight expectations, y'all. So join the rest of us queer folks and queer allies on the planet booty and the galaxy of nicotine <laughs> for great art, music, film, and joy. And guess what? Our own YGA family, Young Gay Auntie's family, will be on deck Monday as a part of um, uh, uh, Black in Space, all right? They are showing um, an old episode, um, or a slightly old episode, episode 79, with um, Jada Foster, another Black girl miracle. I think she's performing, or they're referring to the episode. Anyway, we're going to kind of be there, y'all. So we're going to be there to see ourselves, because that's how ego works. So you can find all the events, um, the Zoom links, and buy tickets to Black in Space at blackinspace.com, and that is spelled B-L-K-N as in Nancy, 
S-P-A-C-E, Black in Space. Yeah. Yes, and one little quick little announcement, because we want to, um, of course, big all the incredible queer creatives out there. I want to guys tip you to an uh, Instagram account called Queer Black Creatives. So that's at Queer Black Creatives. Nothing spelled corny or whack or different or whatever. It's just as it is. All right. They've been promoting um, some incredible events um, on Instagram. Um, like if you're listening to the Sunday broadcast before Tuesday, May 26th, um, they are hosting uh, Movement Healer Reke uh, Practitioner Ashante Ashunde. Um, they got all kinds of queer creators doing their thing on that account, y'all. Like I, they have amazing stuff on that account. I love that account. So go see um, your reflection and everything online during this time with these uh, live IGs that they're having and hop on over to Queer Black Creators on Instagram. Boom. And with that being said, loves, I am Honey Fawalita. And I am Red Summer. And I am Onyx Keisha. <laughs> and we are your gay aunties. Woo-hoo! All right, y'all, stay safe out there, stay maxed up, and love.